I am David Bang, and this is Wonder of Logistics. This podcast is of my own opinions. There's no association with any organization that I am part of. My last international trip before COVID lockdown was early March 2020. That was in Mexico City. Now, two years later, I've taken my first international trip to Germany, Switzerland, Belgium, Netherlands, France, Monaco, and Italy. It was a bit weird, but exciting to finally see European customers, partners, and colleagues in person. And some of them, it was the first time we see each other in person. Before I fly back home, I've taken unedited clips of my reflection and compiled them into this bonus episode. It's been two weeks since I left home、uh, for my first international trip in nearly two years because of the pandemic. And we touched down in Frankfurt, Germany almost a couple of weeks ago. And、uh, we visited、uh, six different countries in six weeks and meeting、uh, nearly hundreds of people in the industry, customers, and partners. And it was a, it was awesome, and something that almost like、uh, I forgot that how、uh, pleasurable and how how much、uh, that I appreciated、uh, these interactions. During this trip, I always had these kind of two thoughts in my mind, almost like a, a two uh, big uh, stones. Kind of pulling me down during this trip, a bit of a concerns and also a bit of just a thing to my mind all the time. One is a COVID, and the other one was the war in Ukraine. It was pretty straightforward and easy to travel through Europe when I arrived in the Frankfurt Airport through the immigration. It was just a matter of demonstrating the vaccination. And the proper documentations, and a certain couple of a country might require some additional paperwork, but that's also almost almost gone. As long as you have a vaccination, it's okay. So the COVID was good, but at the same time, still wearing mask or social distancing. And if it is a big crowd, it kind of gets you nervous a little bit. And the other one is, of course, there's a war going on in Ukraine, and、uh, as we follow the news, and it's just a heartbreaking, and it's not too far away from where I am right now. We talked a lot about digitalizations or digital aspects with multiple different parties, and I think often. We do talk about digital, but we don't necessarily go into what does that mean to be digital in a logistics world. And I was jokingly saying that I remember at the peak of the pandemic, and when I watched some news and some of the CEOs was was a proudly they were proudly、uh, 
saying about their accomplishment of being digital by saying they were on Zoom or Microsoft Teams and uh, being able to connect with the people, which in its own, it's great. But at the same time, we all know that's not really truly being digitalized for the benefit of the society and the customers. Being digital means, number one, the digital has to be shareable. Is your data the piece of information in the level of an organization with the privacy and protection then confidentiality? Is it easily shareable within your organization? If not, uh, that's an issue. And often we give an example that if it is a paper, of course somebody needs to put the paper into the, the database by entering, and maybe that process needs to happen a few times along the way, that is all potential a bottlenecks when disaster happened, and that's the potential bottleneck for many error as well. And another aspect of being digital also means that digital has to be automated, being able to automate if necessary and when necessary. If that digital means just having a data in certain places, but that is a locked in and siloed, and for some reason, if the data is not shareable with other essential partners and suppliers and customers, then it, it is not a truly a digital organization. It's not about amount of data you have. Often we say it is about what to do with the data. And then finally, the digital also means social. And what I meant by that is when you post something on Instagram and LinkedIn or TikTok, often you don't know and you never know actually who's going to appreciate the data or the videos and music. And all of a sudden, there's a big followers or people who follow your, your data. In the logistics, it's like that too. So you cannot rely on uh, just a a list of an email addresses and if you do not inform some of the people if you forgot to do it all of a sudden the data breaks down the bridge breaks down it has to be at the will of the people the recipients based on their interest based on their authority of course accessibility they should be able to have an access to the data and has to be social and I think one great example is that in a certain very progressive organizations. Actually, you can look it up, what the objective of your CEOs, their personal KPIs are. And at that level of transparency and social interactions through the data. And if you also put that into the, the logistics world, that based on the need and based on the authority, the vendors and suppliers and, and whoever are in the in the supply chain should be able to look up the data and find the data instead of trying to find such certain documents through the emails and phone calls and which again takes a lot of time and delay
Another thought that I, that I got, I was participating in one of the panel discussions with a couple of major farming and healthcare companies, was that we still have this big elephant in farming and healthcare logistics world, along with our, the manufacturers. This big elephant that we kind of talk about, maybe this talk about the shape, we talk about certain structure, but we really did not expose and you know, fully try to understand and how we can start discussing about this big elephant in the room. And I'm talking about that what really worked in the past may not really work in the future. For example, uh, there's a qualifications and a validation process for new packaging and new logistics trade lane from, from a pharma and in healthcare perspective. When you are shipping on a certain carrier with a certain packaging protections and with a certain uh, product types, your quality department and packaging engineers needs to go through the validation process and qualification process. Now that, that process usually takes three months or even longer. And often it, it takes a new, um, new turn when, when there's a changes in the carrier routing or the cancellations or, and so on. There's a certain way that the quality needs to review that again. I think during the COVID, the things got changed so rapidly and then quickly that you can literally have overnight a carrier uh, canceling the freight and then canceling the uh, certain lane. And of course, there's a bottleneck between that happens and when the quality needs to review and qualify. Now, simply put, everybody's trying to do their job and everybody is concerned about the product integrity and patient safety. So we're not talking about the cutting down or somehow making it, um, making it just a too, too simplified and just for the sake of getting it done. But it is about more about the efficiency. How do we give enough of an evidence and data to quality so that they can also review very intelligently and, um, and, and, and comprehensively and they can make a decision and, and, and approve the new lane or new carrier and new packaging solutions uh, without risking a patient safety and also being fully compliant. And how do we, as an industry, make that happen? The, the key here is that none of that will happen if we all somehow look at our own four walls and our own area of a responsibility only. What I do or what I pass on or what I receive really matter to the next parties in the supply chain. That's why we call the supply chain. So in the same example, I think we need to start talking about what information is a shareable and something that is not necessarily a confidential, something that is not also is not an intellectual property, but rather a shareable data. And that so that the, that the process could be a click of the button and being able to receive an accurate, very comprehensive data at all level so that either 
the pharma and the healthcare manufacturers can approve and validate their new lane or qualify the new lane quickly. Or from a logistics provider point of view, they can quickly uh, correct or prevent a certain area uh, nearly uh, a real time or very proactively. Or you know some carriers or trucking companies and airlines and uh, more of an asset-based organization can also organize their assets and and balance their assets much more effectively. And also the packaging company and temperature control packaging companies, either active and passive, they can they can make their containers better based on the real scenario, but also the return logistics and being able to ship the containers where it's needed and at a most effective manner, cost-wise and quality-wise. And those things need to be discussed much more across the border, not just individually. I think one great example is the, the revolution or the most, you know, one of the uh, uh, industries revolution in the shipping air, uh, area was the ocean invention of an ocean containers, the 40-foot, 20-foot ocean containers, the standardized ocean containers. And those were not the case many years ago. And, uh, you know, that was just a long process to unload and load those individual boxes and individual shipments onto the ships and boats and vessels. But because of the invention of the containers, the whole international trade have exploded. Thanks for listening to Wonder of Logistics. Make sure to follow us on your favorite podcasts such as Apple, Google, Spotify, and many more. Until the next episode, ponder on the wonder of logistics.